0: You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We love MotoGP. Hello and welcome to Missed Apex MotoGP Podcast. This is a show put together by MotoGP fans pretending to be experts. We aim to have a race review show ready for your Tuesday morning commute. We may not be bike racers, but we love it. I am your host, Kyle Power, and today I'm joined in my virtual shed once again by two fellow MotoGP enthusiasts. We are joined by Jules Seeger. How's it going, Jules? Hi, Kyle. Uh, Going really well and I really, really enjoyed the season finale, so pumped to talk about it. Excellent. And we are joined as well by the returning Danny Henney. How's it going, Danny? I'm
1: good, thanks, Kyle. Looking forward to uh, being on the pod again and having a good chat about the, the end of the season
0: yes excellent and it is the end of the season so this ends uh well what's been a dramatic season it is round 20 at the valencia circuit ricardo tormo which is a very tight and twisty circuit uh, with some cold track and air temperatures this weekend which is going to prove quite quite crucial for the races and practices so mini championship recap going into this we've got bagnaia leading with a 21 point lead after jorge martin's tire troubles in the previous race so basically so the championship permutations that boils down to bagnaia just basically needs to get a breadth like two fifth places in the sprint and the main grand prix and he should be champion easier said than done gentlemen i don't know what either of you think about this but immediately in practice jorge martin is starting to play some mind games in Bagnaya, and now personally, I quite liked this to see this. He was stalking Bagnaya around. I don't know. Do you guys think this is a this is this is a a a coof way of going about things, or or do you think this is a this is out of order and below the belt?
1: I like it. He did exactly what I would have done. Obviously, you've seen me do this when we've done some of our racing. Big fan of the mind games. Uh, it's only small. But you just want to let the the person in front of you battling know that you
2: are there. You're there for business and rough them up. I I liked it as well, and I, and I thought it was just really okay that that Jorge Martin just owned up to it. You know, he he blatantly said out in in the press like, yeah, well, this is what I do because I have to do something. You know, I have to have to try anything to 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 get under his skin or to 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 get some points back and if this is unsettling pecco then then why not
0: yeah i i totally agree i really like that from martine I think he said something to the effect of, I don't like doing this, but I have to put some pressure on. And before the mind games and the stalking happened, there was quite a nice moment between the two protagonists when they were leaving the pit lane. They pulled up next to each other, gave them each other like a thumbs up and a slap on the thigh. So that was really nice to see. But then yeah Martin was stalking Bagnaya to the point of a. Uh, Bagnaya actually ran off the track intentionally to try to drop martin, and I loved it. Martin followed him up the escape road and bagna like, "I just cannot shake you off, so I was really enjoying watching all of this and yes the app the the honesty from them, but all through practice we've seen a fair few crashes. Um, quite a few people going down and I I think that might be due to the track temperature. Yeah, track temperatures were rel-
2: relatively low and uh, some riders also complaining about uh, the, the, the time the start time for the races which was uh, 3 o'clock um, in, uh, in the afternoon uh, uh, Portuguese time uh, or uh, Spanish time, sorry um, and you could all, all, also see the way the sun was set and the daylight that this was end of November, almost beginning of December. So the temperatures really played a role. And, and um, I think for a season finale, these circumstances could have been better.
1: The track's famous as well, isn't it? For the, the one side of the tyre being nice and grippy, and the minute they go on to the right-hand side of it, the risk of falling is extremely high. So that comes into play as well. And we've seen that quite often going through the weekend. And
2: also... Um, uh you you see a lot a lot of crashes during uh, the practice sessions and some of the riders also, also complained about we have so many races now and these bikes they get more more immense to 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 control these these machines and we you got riders flying off and less and less time to recover because of all the sprint races so you could see that the season had been long for a lot of the riders.
0: Yeah, agree. I think everyone's quite tired. And uh, well, the the modern joy of sprint races, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was exactly a 50-50 split on the fans. I think they've gone down pretty well with MotoGP as a whole. But amongst the riders, I think they've pretty much all been in hospital at one point. So they're like, yep, the risk is getting very high. It's like double the risk for them now. But so with Martin stalking Bagnaya is not looking too settled. Bagnaya actually fails to get into the top 10 in practice, has to go through Q1 and boy does he deliver under pressure. He actually nails his lap and he goes and manages to put it second on the grid and uh, yeah Jules it actually ended up looking like Martín was the weaker one during qualifying.
2: Yeah the, the way it started as we just mentioned on Friday during the practice with Martín trying to play the mind games and, and initially Bagnaya. Uh, missing out on on uh, the qualifying for Q two immediately, uh, on Saturday it, it, it seemed completely different. Um, uh, Banyaya really nailed the Q one session; he was right on top of it. He didn't want to be in the in the the in between the other riders, so he picked his moments to be alone on the circuit. And all of a sudden, he banged in uh, banged in the times. And then when Q two came, uh, Martin looked. He looked so busy being behind Marc Marquez or Marc Marquez being behind him. Like they, they've they done multiple times and it almost seems like he was, he was more occupied with, with that than actually uh, trying to get to become the, the the fastest
0: of the session. He probably looked a bit too distracted with his mind game antics. Um, so anyway, Vinales ends up getting his first pole for Aprilia, which is nice to see. Um, it's nice to see him up there on pole position. Um, so, Vinales gets it, Bagnar is second, Zarco third, Miller fourth, Binder fifth, and Martín only sixth. So, he's going to have to do a lot of work for the sprint race, which is coming up next. So, going into the sprint review, and just about all of the field here look like they choose the soft rear tyre apart from Bagnaya. Um, do we think that he was just being safe there or do you think that he was just um, that he saw everyone else going for the soft and decided he'd do something different? It's an interesting moment with now because we've seen him take different approaches through the sprint races through the
1: season. I actually think he on purpose doesn't go out to win the sprint race. I think he goes out to get some homework for the feature race on the Sunday. So I think he was going a bit harder to get a bit of a, a read on what was going to happen on Sunday afternoon because the bigger points go. And also
2: late after the race, he said that he, he, he made a mistake by picking the medium tire. Not, not that it was the wrong tire, but just like, like Danny just said from, from the quality session early on the Saturday, he felt like, ah, oh, this medium tire really works for me. And I, and I can get more used to it on in race pace looking at the sunday race but it didn't work out like that and he said i started to push more on the front tire because i lacked grip on on the on the rear tire and then
0: things went from bad to worse yeah that's a uh, that's well pointed out because you could see he was looking a bit vulnerable from the initial start when he sort of got away he then started looking a little bit vulnerable and a champion's ride really you could argue I don't think it was that much of a weaker ride for him. You could say it was a championships ride to not over push and then crash. He knew he had to stay on. Um, but the opening laps, uh, Martin was getting quite rough with him, and they had a couple of good moves into the I think you I think Martin just sent it up the inside of turn ten or eleven, uh, went wide. Bagnai got back up underneath him, and that let the uh yeah the old fox himself the for the last time the orange fox on the Repsol Honda mark Marquez threw to start battling in the front and now i'm not gonna lie now jed's like i was jumping off the sofa i'm a i've got a very big soft spot for mark Marquez and i really wanted him to go uh, as much as i wanted martin to win it you know to make the championship closer i kind of wanted Marquez to get a win for his final season on the Honda but it but it weren't to be
1: Marquez was just took off like a scalded cat, didn't he, at yeah. the start. Really got amongst the riders. I think he used his experience of going for a championship, knowing that you've got to be a bit safer when you're in the races, to really think, I'm going to get my elbows out and have a go here. And boy, did he make some aggressive moves and obviously come close at one point to really having a an impact
0: in the championship. Yeah. And if you look down the field, where was the next Honda? They were in like a different postal zone. Like that, again, that bike had absolutely no right to be anywhere near the front. So that was quite good. Um, Quatawaro as well was looking pretty feisty. He was, he was indeed. Uh, he, he had a fight with Busecki earlier on,
2: and then in lap five, I think he uh, he actually had, a, in my opinion, a pretty crazy lunge uh, uh, on the inside of Pecco and 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 who was trying to be as cautious as he could be trying to survive that sprint race, and he just had a had a crazy lunge inside of him. I thought, how are you going to make that corner? And he didn't. So he crashed out of the race, which, which, which was a real shame because, once
0: again, he was around P5. Yeah, and I have to say, that's very un-Fabio Quattararo, really. He's usually very calculated and reserved. But that night, he actually got a fever and was really ill for the next day. So I'm wondering if he was getting a bit of early onset of the fever and was a bit hot in the head because that really did not look like Fabio Quattararo, just to send it on a, you know, on a championship contender as well and potentially skittled them off. It was... Yeah, it was quite surprising to see.
1: Just on a couple of riders, to be fair, I was quite shocked how aggressive a lot of the riders were being at the start of the sprint because they really went for it. Bagnaia, obviously, he got a good start and he started to struggle a bit. I thought Bagnaia was going to drop like a stone how fast everybody was coming at him, but obviously he managed to hold on. But yeah, boy, were they we, giving it some at the start of the race and trying to really get involved and go for that
2: sprint win. Yeah, Brett Binder was really lively uh, and he was on P1 for for a bit as well. Obviously, Jorge Martín really had a go, but also Marc Marquez, it, it was almost like during that sprint race, he he was like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing really well. So all of a sudden he was, he, I think it was like lap eight or something that he actually started to attack Jorge Martín instead of, you know, being his mate and um, uh, almost almost
0: ended up in a fight with him. And I think that surprised Jorge Martín as well. Yeah, because I think it surprised everybody because it looked like Mark was kind of chaperoning him before, but now I think Mark was kind of half out for himself. Um and and he was just about it was like, oh sod it, I'm gonna go for it and I'm gonna launch it for myself, but oh I really thought he was gonna take Martine off there. And it was great on the podium afterwards when you see Martine showing that massive black <laughs> rubber stripe all down his back. That was really, really uh, yeah, that was really good to see. It's funny him laughing about it. Yeah. And, and, and knowing what would happen on Sunday, it was a
2: prelude of their weird, weird relationship this weekend. <laughs> like, like we said earlier during practice qualifying, they, they were all almost cuddling each other on the bikes, you know. And then, then on during the sprint there, all of a sudden it seemed like they didn't really know, are we mates or are we fighting each other? And then Sunday happened. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was <laughs> all a bit confused. So in the sprint, uh, eventually Martin managed to, um, he gets past Magnai. He then, nails Binder, and he tries to ch- check out, but can't quite shake Binder off. Um, and then it sort of calms down. But there is it's really good to see four manufacturers in the top four positions, and there was a really good fight going on for a while. But yeah, so Martin ends up holding on from Binder, who wins it, who in turn holds on from um, Mar- Marquez to get a podium for Repsol Honda in his final sprint, which is really, really nice to see. Uh, Vinales and Bagnaya struggles on that medium tyre to fifth place. And that brings... The gap down to only fourteen points, and I believe that meant that Magnier just needs to. F- I think he needs to finish fifth, or is it sixth? I think it's sixth, fifth. Oh, I was only fifth, yeah. So he needs a fifth. So basically,
1: I think so. I mean, it could have been sixth. I'm pretty sure the commentator said it was fifth yeah. in the race. Yeah, so
0: Martin needs to win it and needs Magnier to be six or seven to basically win the title. Um, it was super nice to see Marquez get that podium, and he. We have seen some. We have seen some. um Emotion from Mark before a couple of years ago when he managed to win a Saxon ring after his injuries. It's not often you see emotion from him, so it was nice to see him get emotional on the podium for that because just you know he spent his whole gp career on that Repsol Honda and he's leaving on amicable terms. So it was really nice to see him get that podium. So basically, that wraps up the sprint. We've got the gap down to 14 points, and Bagnaia may be feeling a bit worried and a bit more under pressure now. I know two people who are probably feeling a bit under pressure as well. It's also my panel. So it's about this time where I like to introduce and we get to know the panel a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you both the same question this week, to keep it fair. And I will ask Danny first. What's your highlight of the season leading up to the final race?
1: It's an interesting one. There's a couple, really. Uh, I've got to put out a mention for Buzekitek taking the, the first win of the season for him. Uh, that was a nice highlight for obviously Team Rossi. Um, I did have a thing, I was struggling a bit, but it was a close one between actually Alex Rins taking the win in America because it was just a bit of a surprise uh, and obviously a good result for Honda. But I've got to give it to Digi last time because it was just such a, a nice, good feeling uh, result for the race. And boy, did he did he earn it.
0: It was just an amazing result. So yes, that's my, my moment. I agree with that, with the Digi thing. And also it's quite poignant for the Digi thing because he's still out of a ride so he's trying to um vie for the ride and probably only ride which could be available after that incredible performance last time out was the vr46 ride and who's a vr46 academy rider even though he's not on the same bike it's peko bagnaia so digi (laughs) really doesn't want to upset the vr46 camp and this could be playing into bagnaia's hands it looked like a little bit in the sprint he had a couple of vr46 riders behind him looking fairly reluctant to make a move so we know he's got a quite a lot of friendly riders on the grid so um that's a good one Danny like that so uh Jules I'll ask the same to you what is your highlight of the season? My highlight isn't one moment but I thought
2: um it was it was pretty cool and really telling for this MotoGP season that we had eight different winners and we had 15 different riders scoring a podium this season and for a season where it was Ducati front, left, back and right. And, and it, it seemed like they were so dominant, which they, they kind of were that this, this diversity still, uh, was, was managed by all these riders. I thought it was really, really cool. And something, another premium motor racing class would, would back for
0: at this moment, I think. <laughs> was that a slight dig at the four wheeled equivalent? <laughs> it might yeah, have been. maybe. Um, yeah, and as Danny said as well, that's a really good one, Jules. And as Danny says well, we even saw Rins on a Honda winning, which I don't think anybody could have predicted at the start of the season. So yeah, it's nice to see that diversity.
2: Yeah, and also what Danny said, Bicek, you, you you'd almost forget that he ended third in the in the mm-hmm. driver's standing, a uh, rider standings this uh, this season. Well, actually he had he started really really great this season, but then he had unfortunately he had that that injury and 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 he kind of faded away but he uh, he really did a
0: really really good job i thought yeah i agree he did as well he also had a bit of an egg beater of a crash during practice as well so going into our grand prix review he's probably feeling a little bit sore so on to the main event then it all comes down to this um most of the grid take um a hard medium tire choice uh so hard front, medium, rear. The title contenders both match each other and do the same. There is one outlier at the front and that is Maverick Vinales who had a bit of an eventful warm-up where he started, prettier said they just overfilled the oil and he caused a bit of smoke but he didn't immediately pull off of the circuit when he got the black and orange flag or the meatball flag as it's affectionately known in sim racing. Um, and if you don't do that, you get a penalty. So he gets slapped with a three place grid penalty which then puts Bagnire onto pole and then if you're a conspiracy theorist everyone could say that it's a massive fix but to be honest having been a marshal myself for motor gp and know these sort of uh, rules and or you're always looking for oil out of bikes they have yeah, The belly pan is to stop oil spilling out, but that's only if it goes to the be- belly pan. And it's so dangerous. You do not want oil on the track. So it's actually kind of comforting that they're penalizing riders really harsh for this now. They should pull straight off the track. They all know that, and he didn't. So the penalty is fair cop, in my opinion. So it starts off actually with Bagnaia on pole, and he gets a great start. Absolutely great start. But wow, Martín... Is really aggressive in those opening laps.
1: He really took off, knowing he was after Bagnaia, you know, going for some aggressive moves up through the the track as well. And then obviously gets right behind him, and then obviously goes sailing off at one point, trying to get too uh, too excited to get past him. And then all you could see is he got that momentum in the last couple of races, got closer and closer and closer, and then all of a sudden, you know, he'd gone from the high on Saturday. It just
2: started to unravel and obviously we'll we'll talk more in late run in the race it, i thought martin had a had a really really aggressive start indeed, and I thought it was already turn two where he, where he went from p six on the grid to p two uh,
0: in the race, so that was really impressive yeah, yeah, it was um because Binder was in there as well, and I think it was Binder having a little bit of a a little bit of a bobble into turn two which let which let martine which let martin through also i think it was into turn three. It was, it was not caught by the cameras initially, but Mark Marquez took Bezecchi out. And Bezecchi had some pretty stern words for him afterwards, which uh, Marquez dismissed, essentially. We know there's a bit of friction between that camp and Marquez. Um, having seen the actual crash, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Marquez got a penalty there. It went unpenalized. Um, he was fully alongside him. I think it was rude. Guys, penalty or no penalty? What do you think?
2: Well, I thought it wasn't a penalty. I, it it was a rude move, but it was also Mark Marquez, and you know he's he's aggressive, and it's his last race. And I thought Bezecchi, he, he left the door open there. He could have been um, um, he could have been closer to the to to the apex, more on the inside than he was. So I thought he he sort of invited Marquez to have a try,
1: just a back jewels. Or that's what I was going to say. I was going to say he'd left the door slightly open. And you don't leave the door open to someone like Mark Marquez, especially when he's on that Honda trying to get a result. He's always going to go for it. And obviously he went for it and got it slightly wrong. But I don't think it was a penalty. It was borderline, very borderline. But yeah, I think in this instance they called it correct. But it was interesting to see his words afterwards when he called Mar- Marquez the dirtiest rider <laughs> on the grid. I don't know if I'd agree with that either, but he's certainly aggressive
2: yeah they, they aren't becoming friends uh anytime soon i think and and then mark marquez was asked like so do you have any words for for bezeghi and you're gonna be ducati mates uh uh next season and then marquez said i have no time for this guy you know next question and then in that in response to that bezeghi uh he said like ducati mates I'm not going to work together with that guy. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that falls out in uh, 2024.
1: Just on the the instant between Busecki and Marquez, it was kind of the undertone what you'd had for the weekend, really, because it took me back to 2015 with uh, the Rossi versus Lorenzo because there was very much a contingent of the Spanish riders versus the Italian riders. And you could see that in the race, how they were playing around with each other and obviously looking after the... They're not so much friends, but the riders who they wanted to pretty much take the the championship. But yeah, had a very weird undertone uh, to the whole weekend, really, with regards to the, not
0: animosity but the um, the friction between some of the riders. That's a very good point. There is. I was actually going to say something similar myself. As yeah, we've got these contingencies, uh, and you can yeah, and you can really see them. We've got the whole VR forty six camp, obviously baguaz in the air. So it's very much the Italians. Versus the Spanish, um, obviously a bit better blood this time around. In twenty fifteen, it it went really, really toxic. <laughs> Luckily, we didn't quite get that this time around. But I think you're both right. Cause that was on the edge. It was brewing. It could have been there, and I think it could have boiled over quite, quite easily. So, um, so after after Bed has been taken out, we've got Martin gets a, gets away and gets after Bagnaya, uh, going on to then lap three. So going on to lap three, Bagnar looks like he gets a slightly scruffy exit. Martin gets a run on him. Now, to me, this looks like Martin is in his slipstream. It looks like he's, I'm like, surely he's just going to break really late into turn one, nail him, and then maybe run him out wide a little bit. But it looks like Martin hesitates, tucks back into the slipstream, backs out of the move, and then runs forward and then clips Bagnar and almost goes off.
1: Yeah, Martin broke earlier. When you watch him go down the straight, he gets on the brakes earlier. So when he, he nearly ran into the back of him, but I think he was surprised. And, and obviously they said they thought it could be a bit of dirty air and it, it took the downforce off the front of the wings because he was so close. But yeah, going into it, I was with you. I thought he was going to make a late lunge, get straight up the inside and kind of pull away and go for it. But yeah, it certainly looks like he got
2: distracted or caught out of something very strange. And actually the the move started. On the exit of the last turn, going onto the straight into into lap three, because Pecco he didn't have a great exit going onto the straight, and Martin just would set the fastest lap, which isn't that that great in lap two, but still he 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 was on it. So that was a, the ideal setup for for Martin to to go and pass him, and like you guys say, it seemed like he he wanted to, and it looked decided not to, and then maybe. In, in that slipstream, it just seemed like he got sucked into him. And it, it reminded me of the um, what happened between uh,
0: uh, Bayaya and uh, D- Digi uh, in Qatar. Yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect comparison. And it's kind of sort of uh, what we've kind of grown accustomed, accustomed to now, almost. We've heard so many riders complaining about that in this new sort of aero-dominated era of MotoGP, of people getting really sucked into the slipstream. But, oh... This was so close. I initially, when he hit him, I was like, "He's just snapped off his." Um, they have now little wings on the uh, on the on the suspension on the mud guard wings. I thought he'd knocked one off, but he didn't. What I did notice though that he absolutely the way he rejoined the track in eighth place, he was it was an absolute maniac. I was I was amazed that that wasn't even noted by the stewards or anything. It didn't look like he even looked. He just he just floored it. He did the um. Yeah, he did the beep and accelerate when you are approaching a junction while driving a broad technique.
1: Yeah, you can call it an unsafe uh, rejoin, but that was like taking it to the absolute extreme, wouldn't it? it come on, like he took another 100 mile an hour back onto the track. And even worse, when he got back on, he really went to the left, didn't he, before he got back to the corner. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I think he's now quite, quite flustered. So he's obviously like, no, his championship rival's sort of gone. He's fallen, I think it's about 2.2 seconds down from Bagnaia and he's in eighth place. So he knows that it's now excrement robust. bust. He needs to start making big time moves and he starts scrapping with Vinales, but then he doesn't quite make the move stick. And it looks like Vinales is really battling him and you can see this is rattling Martín even more.
2: Yeah, it was an interesting fight because uh, Martín actually tried Vinales twice and Vinales wasn't having any of it. And after his first try already, you could see Martin shaking his head when he knew he lost that, that, that fight. Like, why are you fighting me so hard? And maybe he grew accustomed to a lot of Spanish riders, you know, being, being his, his wingman. But Vinales was in an inter team battle still with, with, uh, Aleish, uh, to become who would become the best rider of the team. So understandable what he did. You know what, at this point, when I was watching Martin battling with Vinales and it weren't kind of coming
1: off, I felt for him. And what it reminded me of is, you know, when you have that dream and you're running and no matter what happens, you you kind of can't get to where you want to go. I felt for Martin, it was like the championship was just getting further and further and further away. And the more he tried, the more frustrated he got. And yeah, I expected him to blow past Vinales and go and get straight on the back of everybody else. And when it weren't working, it would just... I know it's a bit of a weird analogy, but I just thought that he's just like that dream, just keeps getting for it. And no matter how hard you run, you
2: are just not getting to where you want to go. And this battle would actually turn out to be the prologue of how it would all turn into a really, really bad, bad adventure for my team.
0: Yeah. So whilst he's battling with Vinales, there's a big old scrap with Marc Marquez and Zarco up front, and then that makes it a four way between Martin, Vinales, Zarco and Marc Marquez all scrapping and it's already starting to get really really messy going into um going into lap 6 and Martin manages to get himself near the front of that group there is there there is what he thinks is his chum now Marc Marquez in front of him but he is desperate and Martin just sends it up the inside of turn 4 Onto the right-hand side, I guess we saw he did the move on Marquez in the sprint race. There, he sent. I've been said, but day late and a dollar short, isn't it? His he was he was not committed enough. He's gone in. Marquez has already committed to the corner, and he basically just harpoons Marquez on the side and flips Mark into a really nasty, nasty high side where he lands on his knees horribly in the gravel. And my first thought when I saw that was oh no that's just completely ruined his Tuesday Ducati test now and Martin runs on into the gravel and ends up binning it so title over sad faces all round it it was dramatic
2: it was very dramatic already after the, the almost uh, running into Bayaya you could see the Prama a pit box uh, the uh, one guy hanging his head in 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 his in his arms and being so disappointed and then this happened and it was it was so dramatic it was as I said there was a lead up to this uh Mark Marquez was fighting Zarco and Martin was just i felt too impatient it was so scruffy leading up to that he was trying to get to get past him, trying to get in the middle of of someone else's fight and it, it 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 was the the wrong place at the wrong time where he tried to just send it on the inside of Marquez. It was actually fighting Martin's teammate Sarko. and it it I thought it was it was such a shame that that by lap six the the title fight was over.
1: It was interesting, weren't it, when you were watching it because a lot of people had made the pass at turn four. Obviously, it was always renowned as our way to pass, but with Martin, like you said, Kyle, he come from a bit far back I thought he made a bit of a half-hearted go and as he got there I think he quickly realised he weren't going to make the pass hit the brakes because he kind of picks the bike up just before hits uh, Marquez but boy did you see how high Marquez went off the bike I could not believe how high he went up. and then when he hit the deck I was with you I thought that's done his testing potentially he's, he's hurt his arms again or something but I mean, I did feel sorry for Martin, but equally I was quite frustrated with him because I thought you've just chucked away your chance by being too eager. You could have been a lot smarter coming through the pack and know what riders you're battling and and obviously try to go for the long game rather than the short term. I'll, I'll just blast past everybody and everybody will kind of get out of my way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In his defense, I kind of sympathize with him a little bit. He's obviously very hot headed very flustered from his mistake on lap 3 already and he knows that he needs to kind of rough Bagnire up a little bit cuz you know, looking pretty comfortable and pretty calm and if he hadn't made that mistake on lap 3 I actually put a tweet out which didn't age very well at all thinking my um <laughs> thinking that Martin was purpo- and he was going to purposely try to rough Bagnire up a bit i think you've seen his mind games in practice so i think he was once he caught back up to Bagnaio after his mistake. I thought he was going to really play around with him a lot and then back him into the back him back into the pack. So this is um, Lorenzo, was it 2016, 2017, did this. We've seen Hamilton in Formula One in 2016 trying to back his rival into the pack. So this is why I think he was so flustered and keen. He was like, I need just to get up the front and I need to give myself as much time as possible to basically screw around of Bagnaya's race.
1: It was the only option he had really, weren't it? Because if he'd have got to the front and took off and Bagnair would have probably wobbled through to a third or a fourth or a fifth, he's more than likely going to lose the championship. So like you say, his only option was to start back him into the pack and hope that a couple of the other riders who were obviously supporting him that weekend were going to get in front and rough him up and try and shuffle
0: him down the pack, if you will. Yeah, and you you and I have both been in Championship sort of uh, positions and deciders, both in the sim and in real life. Obviously, nowhere near the level of this, but I can gives you a kind of inkling into some of the stuff that goes through your head. And yeah, I really sympathise for Martin during this, and just yeah, he he knew he had to get past and start messing around with Bagnaya a lot. But uh, George, you can't you can't force the issue, can you?
2: You can't, and that's that's really easy for us to say from, from our yeah. armchairs, you know, but. It was so understandable, knowing how Martin rides. You know, he's 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 super feisty, he's aggressive. It's it seems the only way he knows how how to approach uh, approach a race, and knowing Pecco is up front, Martin made the mistake. You you can totally understand why he would be so impatient and wanting to go up front, but it was it was. Also very harsh on Marquez on his last race, and he never, never saw him coming. I think so. Yeah, the way he clipped him, that was it was pretty violent.
1: Just a quick one on the backing up. Do you know when you look back at it, it could have worked because it would have been him up the front. Jack Miller, Binder, Marquez. That would have put Bagnara in fifth. So Bagnara only needed someone else to jump in front of him. The problem he had was, as we said, a lot of the riders directly behind him with VR forty six riders. But it. it it was in with a shout if he could have pulled it off so it is a shame he couldn't
2: and obviously it's a shame they come together and both went out of the race yeah especially because the KTMs are uh, had really really good race pace so indeed that good point
0: could have could have worked out yeah they did and it was also aided by Marquez eliminating Bazzeky one of Bagnia's friends on the on the first lap so it was like that was one of his friends down um so yeah obviously the championship was over um Bagnai and Ducati team know that it's now mathematically impossible. Like, Bagnai is the champion. And wow, well, I say, you know, gutted championships over, but I'm not really a fan of, of I don't have preference over either ride. Right? It was just a shame for the fans' point of view that we didn't get to see, you know, go down to the last lap and all of the drama that, as Jules said, it was over so early on on lap six. But, you know, props to Bagnai. He'd stayed so cool and calm of all the games playing on min- on him at the weekend the relief he must have felt when he saw that pit board of martine out and as soon as he sees the pit board of martine out he halfway around the next lap he essentially sits up looks behind him sees his brad binder and he's like you crack on son <laughs> he just lets him through he's like you carry on i am not bothered at all and shortly after that miller gets through to make it a ktm one two and it's like wow ktm are actually gonna get a one two but then this is where i think the track temperature starts to come into play a little bit because um because that's all looking hunky-dory. Bagnar is obviously not going to attack him too much. um, Bagnar's got Zarco, Maverick Vinales, Alex Marquez, and Digi sort of behind him catching up. Now, it's around about this point as well that Vinales has taken a risk. I said he was an outlier at the start of going for the soft rear tyre, and I think this is where it starts to really come back to bite him in the derriere here, because he starts to go backwards and he's starting to get roughed up by other riders. So with all of the drama of the championship fight, it looks like we've still got a bit of a good race brewing here. Um, and I'm really quite surprised when, um, when yeah, the KTMs are starting to disappear at the front, the gaps are opening up, and it's like, right, surely they just need to bring it home. But then the crashes started. We've got um, Bastianini and Augusto Fernandez crash, and that means there's only 16 riders remaining. And I'm so, like, oh, only one more needs to crash, and then anybody who finishes gets a point. That's, a, that's, that, that's an ideal situation. Like any of us could jump on there and go, and go and get the point and it's all getting sort of spread out at the front. So with thirteen to go, the cameras miss it, but it all of a sudden clicks back and then all of a sudden Binder's back in sixth. And it looks like going into ten and eleven that he locks the front and then has to pick it up and ends up giving himself a self imposed long lap penalty which drops him back to a uh, which drops him back to sixth.
1: I think he was just bored. He thought, <laughs> I'll have a go. I'll just, I'll, I'll try and take the mickey. I'll do a long lap and I can still win the race. Uh, but in all seriousness, yeah. Oh, you a bit shocking, weren't you? Kind of cut to the straight and then you seen Binder down the pack and it was like, Whoa, "Hold on, what's happened here? Because they, they looked quite comfortable out the front. And as you say, Bagnaia had kind of sat up and gone, which I got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed in Bagnaia. I thought when the board come out, he was going to throw caution to the wind to go all out for the win, obviously we will discuss later on. But I thought he was going to really go all out. Uh, but he kind of let the both of them go up at the front, and they looked like they got it steady, and it was all looking really rosy. But yeah, about, who knew what was about to
2: come? Yeah, I, th- I think but, but, uh, he had a couple, he needed a couple laps to to get back into his rhythm or something. Like imagine you building up to this race with all the tension, and all of a sudden you see that pit board Martin out. I can imagine he he lost it for a bit you know and he and like like carl said he looked behind him and he thought like yeah guys you you go ahead i'm not risking anything here i want to finish my my title winning race you know but i thought after a couple laps he got back into the rhythm again and he kept the gap to miller at i think 1.3 seconds or something And then I thought maybe he's just managing the gap to avoid
0: heating his tyres
2: and getting that awful tyre pressure penalty.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I don't think he wants an injury either because he knows he's got a test coming up and he probably is looking forward at this point to some pretty hardcore celebratory drinks um, later on. And you don't want to do that if you're injured. You're going to enjoy your drinks much more if you've got no injury. So he probably doesn't want to crash. Now, because of Binder's mistake, It puts him behind Alex Marquez. Now we have some shenanigans coming up here because Binder in his attempt to try to get past Alex Marquez instead just ends up essentially assaulting him into turn four um, and just absolutely punts him wide and like punts him off. And we've seen him punt Marquez, Mark Marquez, like Binder is known for it. He looks like a really nice guy and everyone likes him, but he's known for being a bit of a, a bit of a missile and a bandit. And then he gets his, uh, he then gets told by race control he has to drop, Drop one position. Um, Danny, do you think that's fair to get that message?
1: Uh, I thought the message was fair. I think how he actioned that message was very unfair. Uh, and I like Binder, I really do. But he just, he can lose his head. He just gets weight. There's a being aggressive and then there's being a bit of a, a numpty when you get in there because he just goes a bit too far. And as you say, rather than making an aggressive move on Marquez, he just shoved him out of the way. And carried on. So I, I was a little bit frustrated that he got away with it. When the message come out, I thought, great. But I think he'd got another position in front already, Annie. He? So he'd have had to have dropped two to let Alex back pass. But yeah, it reminded me the move, what he did down the straight and let him um, straight back through reminded me a bit of, I know it's a bit of a different sport, but the Hamilton uh pass in 2008, I think it was. Yeah. He just lets him pass and then repasses him immediately. And even more shocking, the race directors just went, yeah, all right, he's given <laughs> position back and carried on. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a really peculiar uh, thing. I I actually thought it was kind of cool by Binder to play it like that because I think he knew I can get finales at any time. You know, he, he knew he, Vinales was struggling. So to think of this setup while you're actually <laughs> racing a Grand Prix, I thought that that was impressive. And then uh, it it was a smart move, and and it was extra harsh because uh, 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 Alex Marquez he, he not only lost a position to Binder, but because Binder used him as some kind of cushion <laughs> doing the doing the take uh, the takeover uh, the overtake, um, he lost an extra place. So so Binder gave up a spot, which he immediately um, uh, got back, but it didn't help Alex Marquez in any way, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and well, so it's a bit contentious. It looks like he's done a very rude move, not really been penalised for it. Kind of um, skirts around the regulations, gives the place back, but kind of doesn't to the wrong person. All a bit dodgy. All of this time, um, Miller's now at the front and surely cruising for his first win on the KTM. I think it's going to be first win in the KTM and after a bit of a tricky season for him, it's going to be great. And then with nine to go, he has a massive crash. He tucks the front going into turn ten, which is where Biller made Miller, sorry Binder made the mistake previously, and ends up having an absolute whopper.
1: Also, from what the commentators were saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true as well. He would have been the first person to win three uh win races on three different manufacturers. So obviously, he'd, he'd have got it across to all of them. I'm, I can't remember exactly what they were saying in commentary, but I'm pretty sure they said that he would have been the first rider to win on three manufacturers' races, which would have been a an awesome stat. But when we were watching Miller out front, did anybody else watch it and just think, at some point, he's liable to go down? He's a bit like the <laughs> Cal Crutchler. Yeah. That he's either win or bin it, and unfortunately, he he binned it.
2: Yeah, and I thought maybe Miller was already starting to struggle struggle a bit on those tyres, and maybe it... it, it Cost him in the end because he was already losing to Bagnaia and Zarco uh, behind him. I think half a second a lap by that time. So you know, yeah. So
0: Miller bins it. Um, then Rins crashes as well, and we see his his for the final time. He's gonna have to do the HRC slump walk, which I said last time to pick up his broken Honda. Um, there's only 14 riders left at this point, so we could have jumped out there on a moped and scored world championship points like anybody. Can. It's, it's a race of high attrition and I do believe it's down to these track temperatures and a tricky track um, and just people maybe being tired at the end of the season so there's only 14 riders left uh, Yeah, so Bagnaia now has inherited the lead again from the race that nobody apparently wants to win but all the while this is going on, Digi Digi, Digi and Antonio has been still fighting and still not confirmed at this point by, for having a ride uh, is fighting his way towards the front and really looks like he can go and take and take on Bagnaia for the win but he's fighting 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 uh zarko's in the mix as well but basically it's not to be bagnaya um it's not to be for digi bagnaya comes in and bagnaya holds on to an emphatic victory to win the championship as well what better way can you do it with digi with digi second um and a great result for him to finish off and uh and yeah and zarko as well on the podium which is great for his final race uh with, with his final race with Pramac before he is to go and then try to tackle that uh, the the LCR Honda I believe for next year. A little side note to this is Paul Spaggaro is in his final race as a full-time rider. There were some touching scenes on the grid beforehand with his brother Alech coming and giving him a hug. Paul actually bins it during this period as well, but realising there's only 14 riders left, gets back on his semi-broken bike and just cruises around because he knows he's going to get a point and he wants to finish his final race and he's all in tears. His brother comes to see him afterwards. That's some really warm, fuzzy feeling territory there. There's some great signs there. So, Bagnaya wins. Digi in second. Zarco third. Um, brilliant. What a way to win the championship for Bagnaia. Um, Amazing. Kept his cool. Kept his calm. Everyone making mistakes around him and he keeps... He just keeps it all cool, doesn't look flustered at all, and has his pretty bad boss celebration with his three rings. I quite like that, Danny.
1: He I bet it looked easy in the end, really, didn't he? Because you're watching him questioning his calculating method. You know, he's not the the most flary of the riders out on track. But yeah, he had a he had a great race. And what I did really like is it was interesting to see how Martin had kind of react. But it was nice to see the respect at the end of the race when he. He come down, found it, went into Part Ferme, and obviously they had the the embrace and said, "Well done." And he kind of said to him, "Look, I got it wrong. I, I took Mark out." Um, but yeah, that was nice to see as well. As much as we like to see hard race, and it is, we do want to see respect between the riders as well.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really good to see how. I mean, it was so easy for Jorge Martin to, you know, lose it to be very angry. And but I thought, I thought he took it really, really well, and it, it, it just. Almost seemed like he was already recharging himself for for the battle next year, which hopefully we'll see, and hopefully a three or four way battle even. Um, and agree with Danny. I think Bayaya yeah, he's maybe not the most spectacular rider, but you you gotta give him credit and respect the way he goes about it in in indeed this methodical way. It's not always about who's the fastest, but maybe in this. The modern era motor Gp it's also about being sensible, being able to manage and I think he, he in that way in that
0: way he was the the very best of this season absolutely um, he's done amazingly well and just to keep it that calm and to not be flustered under mistakes uh, or make mistakes is absolutely brilliant thoroughly deserved second title after the race though the dreaded tire pressure warnings and penalties come in which we were hoping wasn't going to affect the title fight and it didn't in the end luckily thankfully but uh yeah digi actually gets a tire pressure warning and a three second penalty now this is something we we will address during some off-season content but it's bad signs for next year going in so um uh, yeah and Bagnar looks like it's the first Ducati rider also to clinch two world titles which you haven't seen also we said stoner previously and that's him so that's good that's history in the um in in the top class so as usual with the race reviews we like to finish with our riders of the race and our moments of the race so i'm going to be selfish as the host and i'm going to go first and hog all the best ones as i like to do so my rider of the race is is Bagnaya for exactly the reasons we've just said of keeping it completely calm not making any mistakes not getting flustered not getting drawn in He's not even my rider of the race, he's my rider of the weekend, not getting drawn into the mind games or anything, and just did what he had to do. And to finish on the win to get your championship, amazing. What else could you ask for? Danny, who was your rider of the race?
1: Uh, this guy I fell in love with, I must admit. I know I've gone about him a bit, but Digi, absolutely fell in love with Digi the last couple of races. Uh, it's a shame what happened after the race, but I just thought he was brilliant. Again, kind of the race went on, and all of a sudden he starts coming, he coming, and coming. And uh I felt good for him because you seen him have a bit of a shake and the had halfway round the last lap when he I think he kinda knew he we weren't gonna be close enough. But uh yeah, did you? Just love the guy. Great, nice guy.
2: Yeah, I, I can see where Danny's coming from. I thought that last lap was, was really cool when, when he tried to put put on a fight with Banyaya but he, he just couldn't make it. Um my vote goes to uh to Brad Binder. Um uh I thought I just, I just thought that that move, the way he uh, he did that penalty, uh, <laughs> gave up a spot and <laughs> immediately take it yeah. back. Wait for it till he's till he's behind the rider that he knew knew he could take it back from. I thought it was just really, uh, <laughs> it was wicked and sensible at the same time. Yeah, I
0: agree. That was a it was cheeky and it was really clever thinking as well. It was yeah yeah cheeky to the extreme. Uh, okay, then so we'll go on to our moments of the race or the weekend. Mine is the beginning of the end really it's on lap three of martin almost clipping the back of bagnaia and i did think for a second that a wonderful thought just crossed through his mind of oh if i just accidentally take him out and can stay in the race then i can win the championship but i don't as aggressive as martin is i don't think he's that sort of rider to do something like that um he was just self-preservation in that moment so that was my moment of the race Jules, what was yours my moment was also
2: Martin, but then when he launched uh, Mark Marquez, um, indeed I don't think uh, Martin is a dirty rider, and I think your moment was a, was more heart stopping because you could really see it coming, you know. But uh, the, the Martin uh, Martin launching Mark Marquez. Also because it ended the title fight, but also because of the symbolics surrounding Mark Marquez's
0: weekend. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. So, Danny, to finish off the uh, the race of you in our season, who what was your moment of the race?
1: You just knew it was coming when you seen him out front, Miller it in the day. <laughs> I, I could have gone for the easy ones with Martin and Bagnar and some of the others, but all uh, right. Uh, like I said, I was gutted a little bit. I like Miller and he deserved a good result. He was desperate. You know, you could see the frustration when it went down. But you just, hey, like I said, it's like Crutchlow. You watch him out the front and you go, he's just,
0: it's coming at some point. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so thank you, gents, for joining me on feed That wraps up the season for us. Thank you to all the listeners. And I will say we will be back soon to do a show reviewing the testing that has been happening recently and having a bit of a look forward to 2024 and also to keep to keep you going and to help you through the long cold winter months without any racing we will be we'll be back semi-regularly with some off-season content we've got some good ideas we could do some previous race reviews and we've got all sorts of lovely motor gp goodness for you so thank you very much for listening thank you for being on this journey with us and as ever keep loving your racing goodbye